Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry, and happy 2013. Before we start this week's episode, if you're still looking for an e-commerce idea and you're not sure where to start, the replay of the webinar we did earlier in December of 2012 is up on YouTube. It's also on the website. There is a video and audio version of the replay. If you go to buildmyonlinestore.com and click on the link, find an e-commerce idea, you can get started right away. Okay, and to kick off 2013, before we get into this week's show, we have another five-star iTunes review from Dylan, and he says, really enjoy this podcast. Terry is a great interviewer, and I love how he's putting the spotlight on micropreneurs and lifestyle businesses. Highly recommended for all internet entrepreneurs. Well, thanks so much, Dylan, and for anyone else that has feedback for me, please leave it on iTunes, and I'll read it out on here on the show. So let's just get into this week's episode. Okay, so this week I have Josh Mullen from Premier Collectibles, where they are the number one seller of autographed books in the United States. And he's going to talk about how the business model works. And it's a little interesting because each of their products is very unique and the value can change based on certain events. And so, Josh, uh, welcome to the show. And how's it going? Good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. So I found you on, I guess, through a e-commerce store blog, and I wasn't—I was interested because you know your products are really unique. They're really antique. So, kind of, what's your background, and how did you get into this whole thing? Yeah, good question. And you have to send me the blog you found us on because I'd be curious to check it out. But I actually started in the music industry. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I I started in the music industry in kind of the early 2000s, selling merchandise, actually, uh, CDs, T-shirts, things like that. And this company, Premier Collectibles, founded me in 2007 and said, hey, you have experience in merchandise. We're looking to grow what we do here. Would you be interested in joining our team? And so I, at that time, the the company actually only had four books, four books for sale on the site. And now we have almost 500. Instead of having it very isolated and, and, and very specific to just a couple of books, kind of take it across all variations of classic books, current best-selling books, fiction books, nonfiction books, sci-fi books, biographies, memoirs, you know, everything. Over the last six years, we've really stepped it up from being four books to now almost 500. I see. And so this business started out in 1998, right? Yeah. So it's kind of unique. The core business here at Premier is actually a speakers bureau. It represent about 100 speakers across the country, but we do events worldwide. And so what started happening back in 1998 is we would take books to the speakers' events and set up at the back of the room and, you know, just a couple of tables and, you know, put boxes and boxes of books on the on, on the back of the room on tables. And as people left, they would come back, pick up a book, and then jump in the signing line and get it signed by the speaker, who was also an author. And what we found was, if this is working so well at events, why is no one else doing this online? And, and what about everyone else across the entire world or even across the entire U.S. who can't come to these events? How do they get books signed? And so that kind of is what dreamed together 
Premier Collectibles. We've actually never, besides the events, we've never been a storefront. It's always been online. But our goal was to kind of make sign books available to, I guess, the greater world. I see. So so that's how you guys get the inventory, right? Because I was always curious, like, where do you get these books and where do you even buy them from? So- yeah, it's kind of evolved. You know, in the beginning, it was only books. When I started, it was only books by speakers that we represented, which gave us a very select and small list. Because, you know, if we represent 100 speakers, maybe five of those will have a book each year. But once I started, we started reaching out to basically anybody that had a best-selling book. So now, you know, we have any anybody from John Grisham to Anne Rice to Janet Ivanovich to Vince Flynn to Glenn Beck. You know, we had George W. Bush's book. We just did Arnold Schwarzenegger's book. So, you know, quite a, a variety of books. It's different now than what it was. Back in the day, we only worked with our speakers, and that's how the connections were that we get the book signed. Now we work with all the major publishers in New York City, and since we have a re- a decent track record of who we've worked for and how it worked. They want to be on the site, and they want to. If if you're going to have a signed copy available, you you want it on our site because it's from what we know the most uh, popular autograph book website there is. I see. So how do you tell like the guys that you know Bush's staff or Arnold's staff that hey, you know we want to put your book on our site? Is it, is it like a pretty easy to tell them that, or is there like a big sales process you have to go through? Um, <laughs> you, it's interesting. It's one of my biggest frustrations. People are never that excited about signing their own books. There's only a couple of authors that we work with that absolutely love signing books, and and those are great. Th- those are the best authors that we work with. But in some, you know, in a situation like Arnold's or Bush's, we, for Arnold, we went through his publisher Simon Schuster in New York City, and we're blessed to have a, a good relationship with them. And you know, they know what we do. We report to the New York Times and BookScan, so you know, any book that sells to us helps them. Um, on their release week to get higher on the on the you know on the bestseller charts. Something like George W. Bush was unique because he was a president, and we we actually it took us. I think his book came out in November of what 2010 maybe, and we didn't get copies till uh, so it took us about six months to to get acquire copies of his book, and that was you know contacting his staff and just convincing them that. There was people out there that wanted his book, that these would report, and um, that, you know, hopefully we'd be able to find a way to make it mutually beneficial. You know, I know how some sports agencies, they won't let their players sign too much stuff because it devalues the actual uh, merchandise. Does that, do you see that in the authoring field too? Or? We ran into that with Tim Tebow. He only was able to sign about 100 copies for us for that exact reason that they have contracts with or collectors agencies where that limits the amount of things that they can sign except for their agency that they're represented by. Um, but for the authors that we work with, celebrities and politicians and fiction authors, that's not an issue. It's only in the, in the sports world. And, and most of the time, the sports guys are writing books once they're out of their contracts. You know, they've retired or their coaches who have retired. You know, we usually don't run into an issue with, with that just because when they're writing the books, they're, they're, they're not usually doing what they were doing that made them famous, um, and they're usually out of their contracts. So. I see. And I see some books, the pricing, like it's like maybe like $28. It's not that much higher than if you buy it off like Amazon or hard copy. And kind of what dictates like the supply and demand in terms of the pricing? You know, I, I like to look at what we do is you're making an investment in a book. Seeing that with many of the books we have done, we did Going Rogue by Sarah Palin. 
back when that came out, I think in 2009, you know, we were selling the books on our site for, I want to say 50 bucks, which 50 or 60 bucks, which seemed expensive at the time. But now you'd be lucky if you found a signed copy in the leather gift box we produced with it for less than $300. So, you know, I like to our customers that you're making an investment in the future and in this, you know, in this brand name that this signature and this book is going to be worth a lot one day. Um, so yeah, it just depends on, on supply. You know, if we can get a thousand copies of a book well, we can, you know, try and keep the price as close to retail as possible. If we can only get a hundred, then it's so select that we will, you know, we'll up the price a little bit because, you know, each time we have an author sign books, there's costs that go into making it happen. And the costs basically stay the same for us, whether they're a hundred books or a thousand books. And then you just, you got some books like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's where he, he signs so few and there's been such a demand that, that, that the price just naturally lifts itself. So, so it's kind of dependent on the cloud of the author too, right? Basically. Yeah, it, Absolutely. Their popularity drives it. You know, I think our most expensive book on the side is the look, but I think it's Ronald Reagan's for twenty two hundred. So of course, you know, he's he's not signing books anymore. So the value of that book is, you know, very high because there's only a you know, a limited amount of those left and it's impossible to get a new one. You know, Amazon sells books so cheap that we try and keep the price as close to the retail as possible. So it doesn't look like we're taking advantage of the author's signature or or, or of our customers uh, we want to we want to value it to where it makes sense for us makes sense for the author and it's at a good price for our customers to uh to buy we would much rather have 10,000 customers buying books at $30 each than 1,000 customers buying books at $300 each um, is kind of the motto that I've always looked at. I see. And I guess kind of in a sad way, like you see with music artists, it's like, you know, once they, you know, pass away, leave the world, suddenly their stuff becomes more valuable, right? It, it's, it is so true. And we're, um, we recently got into, early last year, we started our rare book collection it's happened a few times where authors of the books that we had acquired um, were on our site and, and, and in some cases weren't even selling um, these rare books, you know, and, and rare books are usually about 10 years old, you know, there's a limited amount of signed copies available. And as soon as that author has passed away, the books are gone within, you know, 12 hours. Um, and on something like that, on, on, in our rare book um, categories, we usually only have two or three copies of each book, but it is true, you know, once, once an author does pass away, there's no way to get a new signature, and that value that value of that book immediately skyrockets. Man, that's that's crazy. So sometimes you guys have books that won't sell, and they're just sitting there until you know maybe this day comes, or maybe it never comes, right? Yeah, then you know the recent one was Ray Bradbury um, Fahrenheit Fahrenheit four fifty one. So we we had you know five copies of that, and they'd been on outside for over a year. And then he passed away just a couple months ago, and you know I came in, I came into work, saw the news, and bam, the books were already, <laughs> books are already sold. So that's what's fun about an online business—you don't even know sometimes what's working and what's selling until it happens. You know, uh, you know, compared to like stamps, do you find a lot of similarities in terms of like the collectibles, kind of the trends, like how the people buy stuff, or as in like postage stamps? Yeah, because I know that there's a big collector's market there too, right? Do you see anything similar there? If you know anyone that does that, or anyone that does postage stamps, you know, collectors are all pretty similar. They're all avid followers of what they want to, you know, want to collect and what interests them. So, you know, there's an amazing amount of book collectors out there, and I think that's what shocked me when I came into this business because I didn't have a background in 
and, and collecting books. I had a background in merchandise and retail and online marketing. And so when I came into this business, I was shocked by how many co- book collectors there are out there. And, you know, we get inquiries every day. What edition was this? What printing was this? What, you know, what does it say on the inside flap? There's some avid collectors out there. And then there's many people that just won't buy unless it's first edition, first printing, and printed in the in the year the book released. And so how has the marketplace changed since you joined seven years ago? Because I guess back then there was like an information edge for the people that are really into this, right? And now it's everything you can kind of find online, right? Yeah, you know, the days of independent books have kind of, or the independent bookstores sadly have kind of moved on and now everything is online. And you know, you got a books that has a, a lot of information about books in general and signed books specifically. The, the old thing for book collecting was you go around to all these independent stores and see what you can find. And, and there's, you can still do that, but unfortunately over the last about four years, over 50% of the independent bookstores are now no longer. So if you're a book collector, you have to be looking online or selling online or buying online because that's kind of the only option we've been left with. So I would say that's the biggest change in the uh, in the seven years I've seen is it's just in every year increasingly is more business online and less business is done um, with these types of books uh, at retail stores. And do you guys have exclusivity with certain authors? Because like if say like you know, Mark Rubio signs a book here but he signs another book on another online bookstore, like, you know, as a customer, like, how do I choose kind of who to buy from? Or do you guys say, you know, we can only sell 100 books from you? And Yeah, it's a good question. So when we set up deals, we are most of the time the exclusive online um, seller. So like on Marco Rubio's case, there was no one else online that was selling his books. And, and that, you know, that, that always works better than if there's five stores that have it. Just like any business, we make contracts with the authors when we agreed to a, a a campaign and in some in in most cases it's exclusive and in other cases there may be a handful of stores but what's nice about what we do is there's not because of the unique relationships we have because of the speakers bureau and our connections with publishers and a lot of authors there's not another business that really competes head on with us there's a lot of other people that sell a lot of books and there's a lot of other people that sell a lot of signed books but the type of variety we have um, is kind of unmatched in, in the marketplace. So we're able to, you know, have a lot of books on our site that no one else has or no one else could reach, um, if, even if they wanted to. And we actually sell to a lot of, uh, <laughs> to a lot of other sites and collectors and, you know, resellers that will buy out books at retail and sell them for, for double. And they have a customer list that they can do that for. We've really worked on kind of making the whole experience through buying through us enjoyable. So we have a, an amazing, list of customers that come back to us, you know, monthly or quarterly or anytime they see a book on our site or get an email about a book that they're interested in. And we've developed the uh, the leather gift boxes, which is also something that sets us apart. That exclusive, that we only do that on our site and you can't find those anywhere else. And it's just kind of a real nice case and packaging for a book that, you know, you want to have as a keepsake or give as a gift or just kind of protect time. You put it in this leather gift box and it kind of keeps it safe and protected. I see. So I guess the barrier to entry for competitors is that the relationships with the publishers that you guys have and the authors too, right? Yeah, you know, when you do something for long enough, you, you build up a lot of relationships and you become the uh, the company to go to for whatever you do. And so I feel like we've developed enough over the last uh, six or seven years that I've been here where if people are wanting to sell signed books online, they thankfully come to us. So that, 
that's been the nicest change since I got here. When I got here, you were knocking on doors and begging people to um, give us a shot at marketing and promoting and selling their signed book. Now people will say, "Hey, we've got so and so. Would you would you would you like some signed copies?" And we can kind of sit back and pick and choose. Yeah, that'll work. Or no, that you know that that title is not going to work for us. So that's definitely an enjoyable place to be. And so, what was that path like going from you know only four books to now where you have like I can't even count how many? <gasps> Messy. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was it like going to door to door? Like. Can you give me an example of kind of what you were telling people and, you know, how did you really make the breakthroughs? So we made a decision, the owner of the company and I made a decision early on that we needed to start spending one uh, one day a month in New York to, you know, kind of work with these publishers, build up relationships. So when they had big books coming up, they would say, hey, Premier Collectibles, we've got so-and-so coming out. We want you to be involved. How many copies signed can you sell? Um, And that's always difficult because... You never know. Sometimes what we may think is going to work doesn't end up working on the side, or our customers don't agree with us. So we, we'll, you know, we'll say, "Hey, we can sell a thousand of these, and maybe we'll only be able to sell 200. And and that that's always surprised me about this business that you never really know till the books on the side and you got the books in stock and you're selling them how well it's going to do. Um, but we really made a you know a a uh, an effort to make good relationships with the publishers, and then be looking in advance three months, six months down the road, what big books are coming out. Let's contact their publisher. Let's contact the author. And then when the author goes to the publisher and say, hey, I'm thinking about working with Premier Collectibles, the publisher gives them a thumbs up and says, yep, we know them. They're great. Do it. And so, yeah, it's, you know, we're in a much better position than we were six years ago. And I I, I think it's a big part of our relationships with the publishers. And, and you know, since we're part of the Speakers Bureau business, there's a lot of contacts that come through there too. You know, all they do is book celebrities, politicians, athletes, coaches, authors. So there's a lot of relationships that we have through the speakers bureau, which is we're very lucky for. Uh, so if I'm understanding this, are you guys really took a two-pronged approach? Like you need the author to really know who you guys are, and also the publisher to okay working together with you. Is that correct? Exactly. So you know, we, the books have to come through the publisher. You know, they have to. They play a big part in helping us get the books signed. Of course, the author has to agree to, to sign the books. So uh, you kind of got to work with all parties with lots of mediation and lots of negotiations. I, I sometimes wonder if our if our customers know how much goes into each new book that lands on our site. Um, sometimes incredibly easy, and sometimes it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, because I guess the authors, if they're on your speaking you know, uh, agency, I guess it's, it's kind of easy on that side, but I guess publishers, they're really, really busy and they get pitched every day, right? So how did you guys really break in and build the relationships by, you know, going to New York once a month? Did you take them out to lunch or kind of like, what was the process like that? Of that? You know, when we first went up, they would try to meet with all the top people and that was good, but it just got so much going on that what ended up being the biggest um, advantage was meeting with folks in special sales and, and, and treating them special, taking them out for lunch, making an effort to find out their birthdays, send them Christmas gifts, just really be involved in, in their life. And and what ended up happening is these, you know, these these salespeople, these special salespeople are busy, but they're not as busy as the top dogs at publishers. And so we've Thankfully, we've got great relationships with with, uh, the top six publishers, special sales divisions who who come to us and say, hey, we've we've got this book coming out. We know we can make this work for you. We want to help you out. 
you know, would you be interested? And and now, you know, that we have these relationships, we don't, we don't have to make a trip every single month up there. We're probably up there three or four times a year still. Once you've got your contacts and you, and you figure out how to work together, as long as your contacts don't change, it, it continues to, the ship continues to sail smoothly. So we work with a lot of authors on the speaker's side. And so we we developed relationships over the years by saying, hey, this is a great publisher. We're going to make an introduction for you. And, you know, when we're bringing contacts to publishers, that earns points. And we can do that through the speaker's side. And, and then that naturally falls down to the signed books, uh, premier collectibles. Um, so we've been fortunate there as well. Yeah, I guess the value chain goes both sides, too, if you can bring them authors that really sell well, too, right? And, and it's not uncommon for publishers to come to us and say, hey, you know, I, on your speaker's side, I saw you work with so-and-so. Can you help us meet or broker a deal? And and that that that's helped us out a lot over the years. So you guys can almost turn that into like a separate agency almost, huh? Like if it gets big enough. Probably not something we'll do, but you're right. We probably could. We're, we still enough with the uh, sign books and the speakers yeah it was just, just you know whatever throwing out ideas <laughs> right. and I understand these books have like a authenticity seal I saw on the website uh, what's the deal with that yeah so we have a certificate that goes out with each book and, and we and our goal is to be at every, every each author signing or have someone we trust like these special sales reps be at each signing so they you know we actually see the books be signed by the author we send out a certificate um, with each book. So we, we, we certify that this was signed by the author. And, you know, we hope that if they want to sell it one day, they will include their certificate and that'll add a whole lot of value to their investment in whatever book it is. All right, so this is just verified by you guys. It's not some, like, independent agency that I thought it was. No, it's not an independent agency. It's a uh, certificate of ours. And, you know, what we, what we run into a lot in the, in the marketplace is fake signatures, is stamp signatures is auto pens, which is an author signs with the, with an auto pen, and then the auto pen copies that same signature for X number of books, and and that really degrades and devalues the whole signed book industry. So when we're certifying it, we're saying this was genuinely signed by the author. It's not a stamp. It's not an auto pen. It's not a print. It's not someone's assistant signing it. This was signed by the author. And we have proof and facts and photos and, you know, often cases we were there and, and made it happen. So I feel like that's something that sets us apart um, big time in the marketplace. And, it, it, and the hardest part for us is when Amazon or Barnes & Noble se- uh, sells fake signed copies, which are auto pen copies. And somehow it's allowed and legal for you to say that it's a signed edition when most cases when they're selling signed books, it's a auto pen so it's it's a signed book, but it's not like a signature. Yeah, it's like a technicality, right? You never touch the book, never never sign the book. So, you know, I'm sure there's times when they do sell signed copies that are legitimate, but oftentimes when we've seen it, they're auto pen and and you know they'll they'll have them on their site for 13, and we'll be selling them for 30, and it just gonna kill the whole uh, campaign and and value of 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 the book. But, yeah, it's, and so just to, you know, in case some listeners don't know what an auto pen is, if I'm understanding this right, like a, an author will sign it once and then there's like a, another pen that just kind of form, copies the way he signs it or how does it work? So I, I, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge because we've purposefully avoided it and made it uh, mandated that we would never have an author sign with auto pens and we won't work with an author that 
uses auto pens. But um, from what I understand, it's a computerized machine and it holds a pen and the author, you know, grabs a pen, signs a book, and then it copies that same motion and it uses the same pen. So it looks, it, it can look pretty legitimate, but what you find is every signature is exactly the same. It's perfect. Some people out there say, oh, well, that's a real signature. But to us, for it to be a real signature, the author has to be touching each book and they have to be physically signing the book with their hand, not with a computerized hand. And, and, and the biggest way to see that is if, if each signature is exactly the same, it's not right. We'll get calls often from customers that say, hey, I have ordered two books. One signature has a dot and the other signature doesn't. These are fake. Why, you guys must have signed these in your office. Or, and and, and whoa, 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 wait, that's how you know they're real. If they were exactly the same, they would be fake. You know, when each signature kind of has a, a variance, that's how you know they're real. When you, you, know, when you sign uh, credit card receipts, you never have the same signature on those credit card receipts. It's always similar, but it's not, you know, exactly the same. And that, that's the... That's when you know it's an auto pen. And do you guys always kind of uh, keep one, you know, just for like, you know, because you guys are obviously collectors too, just like. You know. <laughs> I, I do. And, and for some of the, you know, the big books that we've had, we keep, uh, you know, we set ten aside. Um, we did The Help, which was a massive book a couple years ago. And the author was kind enough to sign a quantity for us. And so we, we sold a bunch of them and then said, you know what, we've we got 10 left. Let's, let's. Let's set those aside to 2015 or, you know, whatever the date is and, and, and put those back up because we know the value will be a heck of a lot more than what it was um, when the book released. So not only do we set aside copies for our personal collections, we set aside copies that will one day be rare books and we can add to our rare book category. And so once like a book officially sells out online, like you guys can't go back and say, hey, can you sign more? <laughs> yeah, you know, most oftentimes not. Most oftentimes it's a numbered quantity and we pick that before the book comes out and it's 100 or 500 or 1,000 or 2,000, whatever it is. Um, there's some authors that we work with and, and most of it's because of the speaker's connection where their website immediately directs to us for signed books. And, and so these books will continue to sell for years and years and years. So something like that we don't limit to a number um, because it's kind of built-in business. But otherwise, uh, you know, we'll do autograph and numbered editions and, and set it to a certain quantity. And if we do set it to a quantity, we will never go over that. Once we run out of 500, if that's what we had on the site, there's never, we never sell any more. We never get any more. And most often times authors after the initial release and once the books hit the bestseller list, they're not interested in really signing more books. They're, they want a big push out of the gate and then it's over. Yeah. So I get the feeling most authors just want to, you know, work really hard, get the big launch and then they just don't want to do anything with their book anymore. Right. And, and, and there's a few authors that aren't that way. And, and we like those because, you know, they're, they, they're committed to sticking to, to the long term to make sure their book continues to sell well. And any retailer that has the books, they're going to continue to do book signings for or sign books for and make sure the, the books that they're printed are going to sell. Yeah, I think that's a better long term view because maybe I'll find an author, you know, a book he published five, six years ago, but maybe he doesn't care about it anymore, but you know, I'm just finding it now. So never know. All right. And so it's really interesting that your model is really limited by inventory because you know, a lot of the other businesses I talk to basically, you know, they're making stuff in China or, you know, they're, they're manufactured so they can always make more, they can always sell more. So you can have a case where you're limited by your inventory and your sales are kind of, kind of like within like a curve based on, you know, your inventory and how much it goes for. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always a frustration I have because we'll get phone calls. They're so upset that why, why haven't you shipped this book when 
Amazon shipping it. And, and, and Amazon's made online retail so difficult because, you know, they ship everything out within 24 hours, sometimes less, and it's there in a couple of days. Uh, but what we offer is not a shelf product. We can't just call someone and say, send us 500 of these or send us 100 of these or, hey, get them overnight. And they, the books have to be printed. They're at the publisher. They have to get to the author who's some, most of the time is traveling or on a book tour or, or doing events or on vacation or too busy to sign books. So we have to work it into their schedule. And then we have to get the books to our warehouse. And then we have to send them out from our warehouse to all the individual customers. So it's quite a chore to, you know, for each product to make it, get from the printer to the author to us to the customer it, that book has had a long journey we try our best to make the ship times and the delivery times accurate but with dealing with so many different talents and so many different lives and schedules it's, it and when you're talking about governors and former presidents it's difficult to always promise a delivery date and, and make it happen but you know we're offering signed books that no one else offers so i think most of the time we get a, a gracious um forgiveness i guess you could say yeah, I mean, for them, you know, they have all this stuff to do versus signing books. Whereas, you know, if you buy a book off Amazon, it's just a commoditized mass print off some shop, right? Exactly. This is a unique, one-of-a-kind piece that can't be duplicated and is is not thousands of them sitting in a warehouse ready to ship out to anybody that orders them. Yeah. And so you guys have, like, hundreds of books, I guess. And with all the inventory, you know, is it all, your, is it all kept in Tennessee or, like, how do you guys do the logistics of the warehousing? Yeah, so we have a we have um, we're located just south of Nashville, Tennessee, which is Music City, um, and we're in a little town called Franklin, Tennessee. And we have an office here, um, and then we have a warehouse about ten miles further south. And our warehouse is you know temperature controlled and a, a real modern um, warehouse. We ship everything from here. Um, every order that comes to outside ships out of our warehouse down here in Franklin. And, and Tennessee is a pretty good place to be located for a warehouse because it's so central to the you know the United States. And, and most of our business comes from either the northeast or the east coast or the south. We do bit, of course, we do business out in on the west coast as well. But you know the biggest population areas of the country are all on this side of the uh, all of, uh, on this side of the country. So we're within two day ship zone FedEx ground to. I would say 75% of the country, um, which is a really great central place to be located. Just, I don't know if there's an answer to this, but do you guys have insurance on these books? Because you know, I'd be scared if one day like you know, your warehouse is on fire and everything just burns up. Um, it's a good question. I, there's a, we have an, a CFO here who runs the uh, warehouse operation and does all the finances and the insurance. And so I, I know we pay a lot each month for insurance. The value of what we have is always changing. The real expensive books, the rare books that, you know, the ones you mentioned, Calvin Coolidge and, and, and uh, Ronald Reagan, we keep those in a separate area. So if anything ever did happen, we're not going to lose, you know, all the all the really expensive books that have a lot of value to them. Because I, I don't know the quantities we have in our warehouse, but say for every 5,000 books, that value is probably the same as a hundred rare books. So we keep the rare books in a, in a separate area that, that's kind of further temperature controlled and protected so that if anything did happen, they'd be fine. Yeah, and it's interesting because the value could always fluctuate. Like, like you said, if the author passes away, it could suddenly go up, you know, but you never know when, so. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew Breitbart is, is a, a news, was a newscaster and he was years old and he, he passed away and, and same thing, you know, we had a couple hundred, of his books and overnight 
just a massive a massive sale. So, you know, sometimes we're we're slower to react to know that, hey, this demand just went up for this book. Um, we're slower to react than the customers are. All the books sometimes are gone before we even know that this suddenly this book is a very popular book. Exactly. It's kind of like what happened with Michael Jackson. His stuff just literally skyrocketed. You never know. It's a sad way to look at it, but you, you never know. You know. It's sad in a way, but, you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah, okay. And so let me just wrap up a little bit here. So uh, where do you see kind of the collectibles market going, you know, with you know everything going online now and anyone can really buy a book uh, from you guys? Yeah, so, you know, I, the biggest concern is that since everything is online and anyone can buy a book, that people start selling fake books or those those auto pen books that I, uh, I mentioned. Um, but what I, we've made such a commitment to selling genuinely autographed books that we produce a certificate of authenticity for, that these books were signed by the, by the customers, and, and we feel going forward that will continue to set us apart. You know, we, we get asked a lot, you know, book sales are book sales are going down, everything's moving to ebooks. How is that going to affect you? But I, I, there's a lot of book collectors out there, as you know. I feel strongly that even when hardcover sales are not there, maybe the chain stores are gone, there's no more Barnes Noble, there's no more Books of Millions, there's still going to be a need for signed books. And hopefully we're, we're the ones that are still there offering it. I see. And so, you know, I see you guys have a pretty big Facebook following too. Do most of your customers... You know, find you guys because they're avid fans of collectors, or and so thereby you don't have to do much marketing. Or uh, how does it work out when you're doing that? Yeah, thing? so you know, we've built, we've been lucky to build up a list to fans of our purchasers. So you know, over the years, we've had a lot of big authors promote their books and, and say, if you want to sign copy, go to Premier Collectibles. So we we now have 125,000 former uh, customers. And so, you know, when authors aren't promoting to their list, we're we're promoting to our list to say, hey, here's you know new books that are coming out, check them out. And we've we've got a very responsive list and a uh, very committed and loyal list of customers, which is fantastic. And that is probably the biggest difference from the day I came on to now. Is six years ago, we were basically a uh, a warehouse ship uh, sell and ship program where X author would come on and. And, and say buy your copy, sign copy here, and we we would sell it and we'd ship it. Whereas now we're more a market, you know, a marketing company. We promote our books to our entire list, and anytime we have a new book, our, our list is aware of it. And we don't just solely rely on the author to promote us. We rely on our own list, and in addition, the author promoting. So it's kind of a, you know, a, a double punch there. I see. And so, do you find there's a lot of repeat purchases from the same collector, or do people only say, you know, I buy political books or I buy fiction books, or kind of what's the segmentation like? Yeah, so we have that. You know, hey, I'm a nonfiction buyer, or I'm just going to buy rare books, or I'm a fiction buyer, or a sci-fi buyer, or an after, you know, a sports buyer, or a celebrity buyer. But you know, we have different categories and target different books to each of those lists. But we've found that we have a very committed. Um, and loyal customer base. And I, there's a customer that I was looking at recently who in 2012 placed like something like 45 orders with us or something. Um, he just became a, a book collector and has totally become obsessed with just having every book that we offer, and which is great for us. You know, we wish there was hundreds of those folks. And he sent in photos of his shelf. And, and, you know, every book you look up there on is, you know, one of the books we offered and signed. And, you know, we wish there was a lot more of, um, I think his name is Stephen. We wish there was a lot more Stevens out there. 
we do rely on folks like that to go out and you know spread the word about us and kind of sing out praises and we're committed to constantly making those customers happy and delivering above their expectations and it's been a fun ride and so which category of books tends to sell the best i'm curious like is it political books like children's books or nonfiction or um political books is what is what's what's best for us um you know the former president's books are are massive in the rare book category and then anything that's by a senator or a governor or um any you know any type of politician usually sells very well those memoirs and biographies are, are usually what the the home runs are but you know we What's nice is we have such a variety now that they all contribute to making it a successful company. Sometimes we'll put books up on the side, and I've never even heard of the author, and it'll it'll sell huge. A new part of the business that has established itself this past year was musician books. Um, we did Ace Freely, we did Pete Snyder, we did uh, Peter Chris, we did Tony Bennett, so a whole variety, and those sold like crazy. I. I I was amazed how quickly those moved off the shelf. Um, even sometimes faster than the than the politician books, which in the past had been a kind of out bread and butter. <laughs> I mean, you probably think you know Aerosmith, ACDC are the guys next, right? Because at that age, where they can write a memoir now. And now we're just waiting for that day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of all the guys from like the you know the eighties or seventies or not not from my generation, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. All right, all right. And so, uh, you know, for people who want to find you guys online, where can we find you? Yeah, so just you know, I think if you search Google for autograph books, we're the number one that comes up. Um, but the best thing to do is just go to uh, premiercollectibles.com, and um, Premier is with an E at the end, P R E M I E R E, and then collectibles.com, and you can uh, see everything that we have to offer up there. It's it's uh, it's a fun. It's a fun business. It's updating, if not every day, once a week with new books and we're constantly adding new or upcoming um, best-selling books or we're adding you know, old um, rare books that are uh, going to make a great investment and a great gift for any time of the year. Yeah. All right. Very cool, Josh. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good day. To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store Podcast.